We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You're listening to the Bears Brothers podcast and postgame show, the place where Bears fans across the globe hang out online after every Bears game. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast. So, we've been on a short hiatus on this audio mailbag podcast, but we are officially back, and we have a bunch of great questions to discuss for tonight's episode. And, of course, I can't do this alone, so I'm joined by my fellow Bears brother, Brandon Hazlett. Brandon, how have you been? And especially after Purdue beating, not even beating, demolishing Ohio State last weekend. It's been a great victory week, and I'm actually excited. I will unfortunately not be able to watch the Bears because I'll be in East Lansing watching Purdue uh, there on Saturday and traveling back on Sunday. So I'll be out on the post game Sunday, but I'm excited to be back after that. It's been a great victory week uh, for us Boilermakers. Yeah, no, I mean, that makes things easier for Iowa to, you know, hopefully play in the Big Ten Championship. And I saw, you know, in two weeks, we're actually going to go down to Purdue and play your Boilermakers. How are you feeling about that? Uh, I'll feel a lot better if you actually come to the game with me. I know that would be pretty. I actually, my dad was looking at tickets now that you mentioned. He's like, "Hey, they're not too bad." I'm like, oh man, maybe that's the thing that we can uh, schedule. And I've never been to Purdue or never, so I mean, that would be a pretty cool uh, little experience there. It would be. We should definitely do it. We'll discuss that at a later time. But to get back <laughs> yeah. on track, are you ready to answer some of these fan questions that were submitted? by our great set of fans and because we haven't done this in a while it's been like what two three weeks now it's been too long too long so brandon let's get get right into it our first question comes from a caller from canada hey bears bros it's uh chef ben i'm calling you from saskatchewan canada i'm a big uh big fan of the show long time listener uh it's just 
just a little bit after that disheartening loss there to the to the Patriots. I'm trying not to forget though. It was just a couple of years ago that some of these losses were pretty pretty bad, even compared to this one. I think it's going to take a while for the team to learn how to win some of these games. Um, we've got a lot of young talent, but I am kind of a little bit getting to be worried about some of the safety play, especially the missed tackling from Eddie Jackson, which is pretty um, pretty sad to watch sometimes. And Adrian Amos seems to be struggling a little bit, and a little bit worried about the use of Jordan Howard and the the inability to get him going. You guys have any comments about that? Keep up the good work and bear down from Canada. So to answer your question, am I concerned about the play of, you know, the safeties, Eddie Jackson, Adrian Amos, and like you said, Jordan Howard there. For Jackson, yes, there have been missed tackles uh, throughout the past two games. The ones that come to mind for me are the one in Josh Gordon uh, just last week. It was a big play. And, you know, Josh Gordon is a good receiver, still a tackle that should be made. And then Eddie Jackson didn't completely whiff on that attempted tackle on Albert Wilson uh, in that Dolphins game. But when you really think about it, everybody was missing tackles in that Dolphins game. So I'm not really too worried about Jackson just because, again, he's made plays throughout the year. He's had a couple of interceptions. He's been able to rely on those instincts. It was just missed tackles. I think he can improve upon that. But like I said, everyone was missing tackles in that Dolphins game. But hopefully that improves moving forward. With Adrian Amos, you know, he was credited with actually missing five tackles in that Miami game. So there have been times where he has, you know, missed the wrong gaps, just hasn't filled them properly, or he's just late or either missed his opportunities to do that. But overall, for the safeties, I'm not really too concerned because they haven't been beat deep. Things, Everything's been in front of them. So that's, I think, more important. Obviously, you want to see these wrap-up tackles you know, mitigate the damage that these receivers are doing in terms of yak, but I'm not too concerned. And, you know, before we even go into Jordan Howard, what do you think, Brandon, how are you feeling about these safeties and overall what they've done? Maybe the past two games against the Patriots and dolphins. Well, the last two games, I am more than a little worried. Uh, the season as a whole, I'm not overly worried, but uh, especially when you look at Amos, as far as his career goes, he's always been one to lay the, the bigger hit and he's been reliable as far as bringing guys down. Always been aggressive in the run, things of that nature. With the last two games, uh... does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill request to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere with most standard algorithm in the order it was received. Please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Uh, him and Eddie Jackson both, as you touched on, just really struggling how to tackle these last couple of games. I didn't know Adrian Amos was credited with five missed tackles against Miami. That's bizarre. I didn't think I'd ever see that uh, from a guy that I think uh, will ask me this question. At the end of 2016, 2017, I asked what I thought the future of Adrian Amos was, and I said, oh, he's going to be, you know, Pro Bowler a couple times anyway. And, I mean, you don't go to the Pro Bowl doing that. So, yes, I am a little worried uh, regarding the safeties just because, you know, that's their job uh, to be able to tackle an open field. Uh, And Additionally, I think part of it's because they're not playing the run so much Uh, because when you can be aggressive downhill, you can be aggressive in other areas of the game as well. Uh, Maybe not as much because, I mean, in a run situation, everything's in front of you. Uh, But regardless. 
I would like to see these guys figure it out and figure it out quick because really those missed tackles are the difference in the games, uh, both these games so far, I think. Because uh, if they make that tackle on Josh Gordon, if they make the tackle on Albert Wilson uh, the last couple weeks, I mean, I think we're talking about two different ball games. So, yeah, they have to be able to shore these fundamental things up, especially coming out of the bye week. Definitely didn't expect it. Yeah, very true. And when I was just watching tape from earlier, because I wanted to remember what a good defense looked like. So I was watching <laughs> the first four weeks just to see it minus uh, the fourth quarter in Green Bay. And it just seemed like overall the defense was just playing faster. And then when I watched these past two weeks, they're letting plays come to the defense, these players, as opposed to them coming up, making the play before things kind of get started. I just think that's just a general thing that I've noticed throughout the entirety of the unit. And obviously, there's a lot of components that go into that. But it is strange to see that it is trickled down from the defensive line all the way to the safety. So something that needs to get shored up, but I'm pretty sure it will. Now to go back to that question uh, about Jordan Howard. You know, it has been, I think, a little alarming that he's still um, going into what week eight, where it's just Howard hasn't gotten going. He, he past couple weeks, he's been and since that Tampa Bay game, fifty four point one percent he was in on the offensive plays. That went down to fifty one point four percent against the Dolphins. Then it jumped up a little bit to fifty six point one percent of the plays against the Patriots. Nagy is still trying to figure out how to correctly use Jordan Howard. He had his most rushing attempts in the season against Arizona with 24, but he only had a 2.54 yards per carry. And his most effective game this season was against Green Bay, 5.47 uh, yards per carry on 15 carries. Um, he's been targeted 14 times this season, and 11 have come to be receptions. The Bears have been doing some good things on offense, but I think it'll get to its full capacity, once you start actually utilizing Jordan Howard properly, we know he was a bell cow for the past two seasons, able to get 1,000 yards, accumulate more than 1,000 yards in the past two seasons. But I, the way he's at right now, I don't think he gets that just because they're now switching more to a Tariq Cohen role where he's actually getting more handoffs, just being utilized more in the passing game. But Jordan Howard, when will Matt Nagy actually be able to figure it out? I know it's still very early on, and maybe I'm just being too critical of it, but we definitely want to see more of him. Uh, Brandon, what do you think about Jordan Howard and just overall how he's been used so far this season? Well, first of all, there's nothing wrong with being critical about it. I think that's it's good in situations like this where we have a guy who we know how good he is and he doesn't get used. So I don't think being critical is a bad thing, but really when you think about uh, rookie head coach Matt Nagy, and I don't know if Mark Helfrich, I'd need to look up uh, where he's been, uh, prior to the Bears as far as his NFL experience, but I don't know that he's got any. But when you look at uh, you know, some of the running backs, I mean, just looking last year, what Matt Nagy had uh, with Kareem Hunt as his running back, and then I kind of have the Oregon Ducks championship roster pulled up because Mark Helfrich was the coach, or he was the offensive coordinator, excuse me, uh, for that championship team. Uh, neither of these guys have had running backs like Jordan Howard. So I think that's kind of a new experience for them to uh, look at these guys and go, well, they're not the speedsters that we're used to having, so how do we use them? Uh, and I think that's something that they're still figuring out. It doesn't, you know, happen overnight. Rome wasn't built in the day. Uh, you know, all those cliche expressions uh, that we could use here. Uh, but I think that's something that they definitely need to figure out because, I mean, we've seen the offense been able to put up points without using him. Uh, but if we can keep the defense, our defense, I never thought I'd say this, off the field, uh, <laughs> fresh and healthy, uh, be able to focus on the fundamentals of making tackles on the sideline, get themselves ready to be able to, you know, do those things. Uh, keep the opposing offense off the field, then, those, then using Jordan Howard is what you want to do. 
because we've seen them be able to eat up clock throughout the entirety. Well, I don't say the entirety of games, but uh, they've taken uh, the time possession away in a lot of games by winning that battle. And I think if, you know, using Jordan Howard's a good way to do that. So, yeah, I am a little concerned just because we don't, you know, see him getting used as much as we'd like. Uh, but you also got to thank Mark Helfrich and also uh, Coach Nagy. They, I don't know that they've had a running back uh, of his playing style under their belts before. So it's kind of a new experience for everyone involved here. Good point. And Brandon, you mentioned that defense. And our second question of the day is asking about that defense and one player in particular. Brett, here's your question. Hey, guys, this is Brett from Michigan. I was just wondering, what do you think about them dropping Leonard Floyd in the coverage all the time? I saw him constantly getting beat by James White on those uh, little running back out routes. and I just don't understand why they would draft him ninth overall and have him drop back into coverage when he's mainly known and mainly known in the college coming out as a pass rusher, 6'6", 240. I just don't think he can has the speed to keep up with them. He ran like a 4'7". He can't keep up with the running backs. Um, I just don't understand why they have him pass rushing or not pass rushing and not in coverage. I'm just wondering what you guys think of that. Bear down. Brett, that's a, a good question regarding Floyd. Uh, when we drafted him, I thought that he was going to be a guy that they initially used to take back in coverage because of his athleticism and his big bodiness. And then they didn't do it, and I kind of caught a lot of slack for it. And, and that's okay because he's proved me wrong. Definitely should be a pass rusher. But when we see him in man coverage, uh, like you talk about uh, Floyd getting beat by James White consistently, then that's a problem. He's a better zone guy. He can cover an area better than he can a man, obviously, because uh, there's one play, I think it was the James White touchdown we see, where he just makes a quick move inside, dumps it outside. Leonard Floyd doesn't have uh, that ability in the open field to be able to keep up with a running back. He's got that ability in the trenches where he's fighting with guys and can work with momentum, uh, but out in the open field where you have to be a little more, I don't know, I guess, elusive. light-footed. Elusive, yes, that's the word I was looking for. Um, I don't know that he's necessarily got that in the open field. Uh, better in a coverage situation, I think. Uh, but as far as keeping him man-on-man, uh, -man, that's a matchup that every opposing offensive coordinator should go, yeah, that that's what I want to create. And then I think they'll continue to attack until Vic Fangio does something about it. Yeah, I mean, good points there, Brandon. Look, he was drafted ninth overall to rush the passer. And yes, it's good that he can have that versatility to be able to drop back. But his function is to go get quarterbacks, to get sacks, to disrupt the pass or disrupt offenses. And we haven't seen that as of late. I know early on he was dealing with that hand injury. And I know your question is just regarding him dropping back into coverage. Well, I don't agree with it. And I know that's a big part of Vic Fangio's system where he likes to drop back and especially in that game against the Patriots, Mac and Floyd were primarily dropping back into coverage. And I, that's just not the strength of those two guys. Those guys are supposed to go get the quarterback. So what they did is they had them drop back. And when I thought they should have had their inside linebackers, those guys that are more suitable to being those cover linebackers. That's why there's, you know, everyone says they're a little bit smaller, which they are a little bit, but they can cover ground. They're more elusive. Like Brandon was saying in the open field, those guys are capable of doing that. Leonard Floyd, he still needs to prove that he can be a good pass rusher because obviously being a first round pick and being injured the past couple of seasons, he hasn't been one proven that he can be healthy and to be productive throughout a season. And thus far, you know, through seven games or yeah, seven games or seven weeks. It just hasn't shown for Leonard Floyd. He doesn't have a sack on the season. I think pro football focus as much. I don't like to use him that much, but he would, he had the worst grade out of the entire defense against that Patriots team. And, you know, coverage ability, not being able to collapse a pocket, get to Brady, 
are reasons why he deserved his grade. I don't remember exactly what it was, but if you look it up, it was the worst on that Bears defensive unit. So Leonard Floyd, I don't agree that moving forward, you need to keep dropping him back. Yes, you're trying to throw different schemes at, you know, offenses to throw him off, but it's best suited if Leonard Floyd, Floyd is moving forward as opposed to backward because we saw, like you mentioned, Brandon, that one play with James White, it wasn't even close. It wasn't close, and it was right. an easy touchdown for Tom Brady. So Leonard Floyd needs to keep working on his pass rushing moves, get to the quarterback, and finally get that first sack of the season because we're all still waiting. So hopefully the Bears just figure out a lot of things along that defense. Yes. Being able to rush a passer with a Leonard Floyd is definitely going to help them out. So we're going to go on to our third question of the night, and it comes from Jordan. Jordan, here's your question. Hey, Bears bros, it's Jordan here, and I just wanted to ask you guys a quick question about the Bears defense. I'm, is it like our concerns for the defense, because you remember when the first four games of the season started, we had a dominant defense. You know, we were able to stop the run consistently. We were able to basically, like, keep teams in check, usually, I would say, the majority of the four quarter four quarters of all the first four games, but over the past three games that we've lost from you know Green Bay, Miami, and now the Patriots. When it comes to the short passes, could you say that that is the Bears' defense's kryptonite? Because you've seen you know Vic Fangio, I would say, not adjusting accordingly to the short passes, and also, do you also believe that that is also a personnel issue? You know, guys not guys like. Adrian Amos, Eddie Jackson, Kyle Fuller, and et cetera, not being able to tackle, you know, in open field like they should be able to. And do you also think that as the season goes on, when teams see what the Patriots and the, and the Dolphins and the Packers did when it comes to the short passes, do you see Vic Fangio possibly adjusting as the year goes on to possibly get better when – we play against teams that will that are known for short passes, like the the Forty Niners or the Packers again, and even the L.A. Rams. We already know what the Rams offense can do, and you know, do you? I just want to know: Do you guys see the big fans adjusting as the season goes on, or is this just going to be an ongoing thing that we're going to be seeing for the rest of the year? Thanks, guys. Jordan, that's a great question because I think everybody in Chicago right now is raving about this defense, but not in a good way. This was once regarded as the top unit in the NFL, and we've seen it just become dismantled by the short, quick passing game that we saw in the fourth quarter of Green Bay. We saw with the Dolphins and we saw with the Patriots. They're just able to pick apart this defense, and a big part of that because the pass rush is not being able to get home. Um, so, and then I know your question, you asked for teams later on. I think what the bears have shown is that they've struggled with this. So a lot of teams are going to incorporate that into the game plan for that week against the bears, but I don't think it's going to necessarily change your whole entire offensive scheme because you know, the bears are coming to town. So teams are going to utilize this quick passing game. Every team does just to the, to the extent of which they use it. But do I see it as a problem persisting? Well, until the Bears stop it, then yes, I do. And it's all in part because they can't get home with their pass rush. That really solved a lot of problems with the Bears. If they were able to get to the quarterback, it you know solved some deficiencies on the back end, these holes that were probably open, but Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, these guys were just getting there before the quarterback can see that. Now that they're not, 
oh, now there's these holes that are open. Now the quarterbacks are able to pick apart this defense play by playing, you know, gradually get down the field. But also with that, with the short passing game, the Bears have also given up a lot of big plays, a lot of big plays, you know, more so in the last two weeks than they have in the first four weeks of the season, which is a bit of a concern. So do I see this as a problem that can persist? I think so, unless Vic Fangio figures out a way. And like you mentioned, he is a little stubborn in his ways. And I know we were just talking about earlier that Vic Fangio likes to drop his outside linebackers into coverage. Well, those guys need to start rushing. You need to incorporate more of that nickel package. Have your two inside linebackers out on the field because last game, there's a lot of three down linemen. You had Danny Trevathan as the middle guy, and then you had Cleo Mack, maybe Leonard Floyd dropping into coverage. There's a lot of space to cover, especially in a short passing game. It's just going to be picked apart by a great quarterback like Tom Brady. So, and again, I think it will continue to, you know, linger unless Vic Fangio solves it. And until he proves it, I'm not going to be very confident that it's going to stop. But again, I still, I do think that the Bears pass rush does improve at some point. It has to, because it looks so good in the first four weeks. It just can't disappear. Brandon, what is your whole assessment on Vic Fangio, this defense, the issues? Will he linger on for the rest of the season? What What's your take on this? I think the the short passing thing is going to continue to hinder the Bears defense until they can tackle on the open field. Because uh, you talked about you know the big plays against Miami, uh, the Josh Gordon one was one that was deeper downfield because the pass rush didn't get there uh, because they're you know the Patriots and we'll even throw Dolphins in there were utilizing the short passing game to be able to take away the pass rush, uh, and that's true of, of any team. They're going to do that whenever they face a team. Uh, a lot of screens, a lot of bubble screens, a lot of wide receiver screens. Uh, you know, quick passes to the flat, things of that nature, because those are quick, easy routes that you can pick up two, three yards at a time. Uh, and the pass rush just cannot get there on a three-step drop. It's, I don't want to say it's impossible because I'm sure it's been done. But regardless, I mean, it, it's tough for a pass rusher to get there. So until the Bears can tackle on the open field, then I think it becomes a problem because then teams have to look to other routes. They can't just pick up two, three yards at a time. Uh, you're not going to get a first down doing that way. You're going to face a fourth and one if you pick up three yards every time. Uh, so it, as long as the Bears can tackle on the open field, then that's going to have to cause opposing offenses to do other things, which then can allow the pass rush to open up again because, you know, the quarterback's going to have to sit in the pocket a little bit longer. Uh, I think a healthy Cleo Mack also makes a big difference. Uh, but regardless, will, will Vic Fangio adjust? Um, I like to think he will, but another part of me thinks that the rookie head coach, Matt Nagy, has got his hand in the defensive cookie jar here. Uh I mean, he's a, he's a first-year head coach, so we don't know. We always associate Matt Nagy with the offense, as we should. Uh, he's an offensive guru, but how much is even on the defensive side? What's he telling Vic? You know, those are some things that I've started to, to think about here lately uh, because he's not just concerned with the offense. He's the head coach. He's got to be concerned about all phases of the game. So I don't know what influence he's had on Vic as far as, you know, hey, we should kind of change this, or I'm a little worried about a helmet rule. So tell them to tackle a certain different way. I mean, I don't know what he's telling them, just kind of, my assumption, because I, I, it was weird after the bye week to see the tackling drop off like it has, uh, especially coming off that huge blowout win against Tampa. I don't know if defense just kind of got lazy as a whole, or I mean, I don't know what what's happening in that locker room with the defense. But I would think that Vic Fangio has to do something, address something, or even Matt Nagy if he doesn't have his hand in the cookie jar. And now I bet he does here pretty soon because he's going thirty-one points should be enough to win a game. Uh, so I think that something has to change here. And I, uh, regarding the personnel issue. Um, not having Sam Macho, I think, is big. 
um, because he's that that line that outside linebacker that we could drop into coverage and not have to worry about him uh, giving up a whole lot of yards because he's athletic enough. He's got that experience. He's not much of a pass rusher. So not having Sam Ocho, I think, hurts the Bears in that way because now you're faced with guys, uh, Aaron Lynch, Cleo Mack, and Leonard Floyd, who aren't necessarily the best in coverage. Uh, so I think that's where you miss the, the veteran leader in Sam Ocho there because that was his his bread and butter. Yeah, and I, I'm, I do miss Sam Ocho. Uh, I think he would be a good asset to this team. You know what, Brandon? Just to keep the conversation going with the defense, we're going to go to our fourth question of the night, and here it is. Hello, Bears bros. Hey, this is Nick R. from San Diego, California. Uh, sorry about my voice. I'm getting over a little bug that I caught. But uh, I just want to say I love the show, and I appreciate everything you guys do. Listen to every podcast, everything you put out. You guys are doing an awesome job, and look forward to every, uh, you know, show you guys put out. And uh just wanted to ask you... Do you think that schematically, if we run some more stunts and blitzes, they'll help our defense out, maybe take a little pressure off Khalil Mack, let him heal up, and then they just kind of spell him a little bit more, take him off the field, and use sub-packages with maybe like one of our young guys like Isaiah Irving or something like that? That'll help the defense get more pressure on the quarterbacks. What do you think about that? Do you think that's a van? Do you think that's something that'll help? And do you think that's something Big Fangio would do? Because you know, we all know he can be kind of stubborn in his way sometimes. So once again, take care, guys. and make it. Bear down. To add to the discussion on this defense, what we think can maybe help it go back to its dominant ways in the first four weeks of the season, um, should Fangio maybe you know, utilize more stunts, bring more blitzes. Well, I think you kind of have to, if your pass rush isn't getting there with your normal, you know, four guys that you have two outside linebackers, two defensive linemen, um, then you kind of almost have to bring a blitz because again, we've seen this defense get picked apart the past couple of weeks because no one's been able to get home. There's one sack in the last two weeks and you played Brock Osweiler. There needs to be something done to be able to get to quarterbacks. And you're going to have two rookies coming up in the next two weeks in Darnold and Josh Allen. So if the Bears can't get to the front, you know, get to these quarterbacks with their without bringing pressure, definitely do it because these are young guys. And again, we've seen Vic Fangio be creative with some of these blitzes, especially with, you know, bringing those nickels down, bringing some safeties down and just coming off the edge. And at times it has worked. We've seen uh, the blitz that comes to mind this season that's worked for Vic Fangio. It was against that Seahawks, and Bryce Callahan, I think, comes off the left side. I don't know if he necessarily gets to Russell Wilson, but he forces a very quick throw, incomplete pass. Just teams sometimes just don't account for these things. It's come, it happens post snap, quarterbacks getting the ball, and a few seconds later, Bryce Callahan's right in your face, and you have to get rid of the ball. So if the Bears are not able to generate a pass rush and with an injured Khalil Mack, you know, that's maybe something that you have to do. And bringing some of these nickel guys, running these stunts, just confuse offensive linemen will help you to be able to do that. And I know you mentioned uh, in your question, uh, could the Bears utilize a younger guy like an Isaiah Irving until Khalil Mack gets healthy? Look, if he's not healthy to go, this game, I'm all for just sitting him, 
and then having one of these younger guys step up. We, the Bears' defense needs to prove they can be a good unit without Mac. And so far, they have not been able to do that. So Isaiah Irving, a guy that has shown some ability that at least gets to the quarterback. He did it in the preseason. He at least did it in the preseason. I don't know if obviously it's a completely different game, but you need to be able to prove that with the other guys out there, the, the rest of the 10 guys, that you can still function as a defense to get things done. So if Max not healthy, I'm all for using one of these younger guys. And hopefully, you know, Leonard Floyd is able to flourish at some point with those one-on-one situations. But Brandon, what are you thinking about Vic Fangio just maybe utilizing more stunts, more blitzes moving on? Because they are one of the least teams in in the league that likes to utilize the blitz. What do you think about that? Well, for good reason. I mean, when you have a healthy Cleo Mac, you don't have to blitz every time. True. Uh, okay. But now that you've got a, a gimpy Khalil Mac, we'll say, uh, something else has to be done. I would like to see more Aaron Lynch in there, to be honest, uh, as a pass rusher. I mean, obviously still send Leonard Floyd because we just talked about earlier how he plays better rushing the quarterback and going downhill. Uh, but put Aaron Lynch in there for a few more steps, a few more snaps uh, for Cleo Mack. Um, because we've seen Aaron Lynch be able to do some things in the past. He's not always you know, consistently in the backfield, uh, but he's in there getting pressure, and he's got a couple sacks on the air, I do believe. So... Put him in there. I'd like to see it more, to be 100% honest, because he's not. you're not putting Cleo Mack back in coverage. It, I mean, he, they did against James White a couple times, and it didn't end up very good. So there's not going to be any difference putting Aaron Lynch out there, and especially because I just want Aaron Lynch to rush the, the quarterback. It's really all he needs to be doing. He's not athletic enough to be playing coverage anyway, so he's your fourth pass rusher at least. Uh, as far as using other stunts and blitzes, I missed the double-A gap blitz. Uh, especially if Danny Trevathan's being uh, as aggressive as he is and continuing to over-pursue guys in space, send him up the middle. Let him be aggressive in that way. Um, have him take it out on a, on a quarterback. Uh, you know, Rush him up the middle. Uh, as far as stunts go, I did see one against New England, uh, and Akeem Hicks kind of got pushed back. It was a very poorly run stunt with him and Eddie Goldman, and Akeem Hicks just couldn't, he couldn't get anywhere. Uh, the offensive lineman pretty much sniffed that one out right away. But I think more of those things uh, will keep an offensive line honest rather than just trying to attack one-on-one and continue trying to, to find different ways uh, to be able to beat these guys because it, they're just not getting there. So something else has to be done. Personally, I'd like to see more double-A gap blitzes like we've seen last year with Trevathan and Nick Kwiatkowski. I think we could see you know even better results with Roquan uh, and Danny Trevathan running that same place. So I think they have to do something in order to be able to uh, – bring back some sort of pass rush and have uh, offenses respect that. You know, just engage eight every single play like you would in Madden or something, right? <laughs> just bring every, bring the whole entire house. I'm, I'm kidding. If we if we knew the, the right answer for Vic Fangio's, you know, to fix this defense, I don't obviously we'd be sitting here. We, we wouldn't be sitting. We'd be making <laughs> millions and, yeah, not be doing this podcast. But that's a whole, whole different story. But we're going to get to our last question of the night, Brandon. And it's about the offense and – Maybe a particular wide receiver replacing another one. Here it is. Hello, brothers. It's Joaquin from Gurney. And I just had a question. Do you guys think it's, is it fair to start Javon Wins instead of Joshua Bellamy? He was really good coming out on the preseason. I was just trying to think and see what you guys think about that. Uh, is it fair to start Javon Williams instead of Josh Bellamy? The answer is no, because Mitch Trubisky has better chemistry with Josh Bellamy. Uh, is it the better solution to any sort of problem that Josh Bellamy may have out there? Uh, potentially, but frankly, 
Uh, I would rather see Kevin White out there a little bit more. We've seen him do some pretty good run blocking things uh, downfield uh, earlier in the year. Uh, he was a yard short of putting the game into overtime, not necessarily his fault. Uh, Mitch needs to be able to get that ball into the end zone. I know there's a guy in his face, so there were a lot of factors playing into that one. But Kevin White showed me a lot more last week as far as he should be able to get more playing time, especially in front of Josh Bellamy. Because I think Kevin White's a better run blocker. And even if they don't use him so much in the passing game, uh, you have to at least respect that Kevin White's going to be out there and he's going to block you downfield if the the running game ever gets gets going here in certain situations. So uh, I my answer is going to be no. Is it fair? Uh, I'd rather see Kevin White actually to be 100% honest. Just the way he performed last week, let's see if he can build on it. Nick, what do you, uh, what do you think? Yeah, I think it would be a good idea to see what Kevin White has in there just because, again... Remember, he's a first-round pick. I, maybe people just don't remember that, or maybe they really do <laughs> and what he's not been able to do over the past couple of seasons. But I, I would expect Javon Wims to actually maybe be on the active roster, especially if Allen Robinson can't give it a go this uh, this week. He was on the injury report yeah. this day, did not practice. So that's a case, and you know maybe the Bears just sit Allen Robinson, let him get healthy. I would expect Javon Wims to at least make the active roster but I think Joshua Bellamy, you know, he's been out there on the offense more than we would have thought, you know, up to this point in this season running, you know, running deep routes. We're like, why does Mitch Trubisky keep throwing it deep to Joshua Bellamy? I know he has one touchdown in that Tampa Bay game, but this shouldn't be a thing. So uh, I do expect Javon Williams to get, you know, eventually on the active roster. But Kevin White's a guy that I think especially if Allen Robinson isn't able to go, he's someone that maybe takes that role, has to play is obviously going to get more snaps, just not going to be a guy that is blocking downfield. He had two catches last week. Obviously the big one being that last second hail Mary attempt, just a yard short. But I think moving forward, you will see whims. You'll see more Kevin white, but Brandon, that's going to conclude it for all the questions for tonight. Uh, like, like we've always said in previous episodes, we love doing this and we're just happy that, you know, people just keep on sending questions and it's kind of getting hard to pinpoint exactly which ones we want to get to. But I would like to continue doing this for the rest of the season. We're still got a lot of uh, football left to be played and hopefully a lot more questions to address. Wouldn't you say a lot more football means a lot more questions. So, yes, let's keep the ball rolling. Let's keep the ball rolling is right. So, Brandon, you you're going to go on a podcast later tonight. I'm going to go on a podcast later tonight. We're both going to give our insight on the Bears Jets game and I, are you excited for that uh, what's the feeling like going into the podcast and what what are you going on at seven yeah I'm going on at seven uh it's central time uh yeah I'm, I'm excited to go on the jet take tonight and uh discuss our Bears um see what uh see what New York's got as well maybe they can share some some insider knowledge I guess I don't know that you know that's allowed I think that's a uh, illegal in most states all states actually uh <laughs> But regardless, yeah, I'm I'm excited to go on there and, and talk Bears, uh, see what see what New York thinks of us, and see what New York thinks of uh, their Jets, and yeah, just real, real excited to see what they got to got to say tonight. Yeah, and I will be on the Jets Factor. I like the name; they're creative. But yeah, it'll be nice giving our insight to you know the Jets fan base and just to know what to expect for this upcoming game on Sunday. But before we head out, of course, we gotta drop the number to leave future voicemails for future podcasts. So make sure you leave a voicemail for next week audio mailbag podcast at 872-240-4007. That number is 872-240-4007. 
And make sure you check out tomorrow's episode when we preview the Bears and Jets game around 6.30 Central Time on tomorrow's podcast. But until then, bear down, Chicago. Bear down.